Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Well, Father, um, if there's any last minute direction, last minute Um, things you want to say or do, we're open, Lord. I've got some notes here. I believe they're really good, but I can put them on hold anytime you say. And so, Father, we just look to you one more time for the rest of the service to be everything you want it to be. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Um, So turn to Psalm 122. And I think what I need to do right now is just explain a little bit more why maybe the, uh, why the Lord came upon George, Pastor George Pearson so strong, because that's a pretty strong word. When God pulls up his sleeves, he's not putting on a ritz. Our God is an awesome God. The sun there in his footsteps, lightning in his fist. Our God is an awesome God. God wasn't joking when he kicked him out of Eden. It wasn't, so, it wasn't for no reason that he shed his blood. Yeah. So um, I think sometimes we need to just go to the scriptures and, and find out why God would be so for someone that maybe some people are vehemently against and why he would be against some people in certain situations. So uh, one of them, of course, we just read in Proverbs chapter six. God is not happy. I know that's, let me, should I just be scriptural? God hates the hands that shed innocent blood. He hates that. And again, what he hates, we should hate. He didn't say he hated the people. He said he hated the hands. He, the, the, the behind the scene, the motivation, the, the why, the darkness that would cause people to think that that's okay. Uh, you know, I was telling Carla, I said, Carla, I'm not, I'm not that surprised anymore when I hear certain people in authority or others doing certain crazy things. I mean, if they're killing babies, why would they, what, what's, what's so weird about that? You know, I mean, if, if they're already saying, I mean, just, oh, it was so sad. Just the one lady who was speaking, I forget what was a Trump, was it a, what was it where President Trump had all these people speak? What's that called? Um, it's not a debate, but before the debate. It was, no, it was something else, more formal than that. I thought it was more like a, some kind of speech all the presidents do or something. They have their guests and they say things. Um, State of the Union. Yeah, so I, I think it was the State of the Union where this one lady got up there who worked in an abortion clinic and, and she just had enough of it and she freaked out when she really realized what was going on. I don't think it was the gal that made the movie. I think it was somebody else. But um, she said that just, just watching the doctor, just kind of jokingly taking this baby apart with suction or whatever and the doctor going, beam me up, Scotty. You want to punch I mean, you want to punch someone. It's like, I mean, it's one thing to perform an abortion on a child that's moving and alive. It's another thing to joke about it. Beam me up, Scotty. I kind of pick up a little why the Lord's a little not happy right now with some things that's happened in the election. Because if it goes one way, Mondo babies are going to be snuffed out. 
If it goes the other way, which we know is the Trump way, if it goes Trump's way right now, a lot of babies will actually be born, and one of those babies is going to come up with a cure for cancer. They're destined to. And just like the enemy slaughtered children in Moses' day, just like the enemy slaughtered children in Herod's day when Jesus was born, he hates children. He knows they have divine callings and destinies. And I mean, if you can be filled with the Holy Ghost from your mother's womb, you are alive in your mother's womb. Yes. Yes, that's true. And I just pray that people's eyes open. I pray that people see what's going on because it's, they are going to be in for a rude awakening when they leave their body. And there's no demon forces and familiar spirits to deceive them and play with their mind and play with their emotions and lie to them and deceive them. When all that's lifted and they see what's really going on, they are going to be in for a very rude awakening. I was listening to a good friend of ours, Clayton Gallagher, and he's ministers in California, the L.A. area, Hollywood area. And he, he and I talked on the phone just the other day and he sent me some videos, a video and some manuals and some things, really powerful stuff. He was giving some statistics and they were not good. And he's talking about charisma statistics from Charisma, uh, Tommy and Matthew Barnett from Phoenix First Assembly and uh, Arizona and Phoenix, Arizona and just statistics that were proven and, you know, just lots of research in this area. And he said some things that were not real good, but then he came up with hope and he gave us a plan to help the church to see what we can do. A couple of the statistics kind of, you know, again, kind of made me think, okay, John, have I just fallen into a rut in my place in the church or am I doing what I'm totally called to do, you know? And so I want to share just a couple of statistics. He said that 150 churches are closing Shutting down in America. Was it America or the world? 150 churches every week. Church attendance is on a decline. Um, he gave some other statistics, like 95% of Christians have never led one person to the Lord. and Because he's talking a lot about reaching out and, and seeing churches grow in, in these end times instead of decrease. And he said the gay community is actually starting to pass up the church in their evangelism to what they believe in. And he said within 15 years, it will be a law at the rate the gay community is going and, and the homosexual community is going, pushing their agenda. He said in 15 years, if everything keeps going like it is, it will be illegal for a pastor or a church to not marry same-sex couples. And uh, 501c3s will be withdrawn. Uh, havoc will come to the church. And persecution will come. And it will be legal and it will be a law. And then he said in 20 years, if their agenda continues to escalate like it is, according to statistics, he said that the statistics say that the gay movement will be in such places of power in such an area of increase and such an area of acceptability 
that in 20 years, Bibles will be banned because they talk against homosexuality as sodomy. Well, I say we not let that happen. It's interesting. And then he talked about the Muslim community in 25 years having global influence in every country. And, and, and I know this is all if the church stays asleep, doesn't really get on the ball like, you know, it needs to, keeps, you know, their little drinking parties and their, you know, what else. But if the church ever repents, I mean truly repents and cuts some cords to some TVs and some computer and you know, just, just decides to live for God like, you know, our life is like a vapor and just decides to go all out for the Lord. Um, these things will probably happen. I mean, we've already heard some things of pastors being arrested for reading out of Romans chapter 2 and Romans chapter 1 about, um, you know, men with men and women with women doing that which is unseemly and God giving them over to a reprobate mind to do those things that are not convenient, whose judgment of a long time lingers not. And they said, no, you, you can't read those scriptures. That's a hate crime to read those scriptures. It's so sad. And, and, I, and I was, Carl and I were walking our, our puppy dog this morning. We, we take a walk almost every morning except Sunday early in the morning. And we were talking about how, um, what was I going to say? Something about, uh, hmm, I forgot what I was going to say. Huh? It'll come to me. Um, so are you there at Psalm 122? Let's look at this. Psalm 122. And look at verse 6. The psalmist said, David said, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love you. Peace be within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. Another reason I think God's a little angry is because he knows that the party that's trying to take over is, wants to put hundreds of billions into Israel's enemies' hands. Matter of fact, they said that's one of the first things they would do if they were elected is they would start supporting Palestine and, and other organizations that have already proved to be terrorists towards Israel and even America. And so I think that's another reason the Lord's a little bit angry is because of what Trump wants to do and has done for Israel and what the other party wants to do for the enemies of Israel. And, and some of the things I, I don't understand, but then I think, well, wait a second. Wait, they're already for abortion. Why would this surprise me? It's like I'm not getting surprised as much anymore because if they're already for abortion, even just for convenience sake, just, well, I just don't want a baby. If they're already for that, why would it freak me out that they're against Israel, God's chosen people. Why would that freak me out? Should I stop? Should we go to something else? Is this okay? <laughs> um, look at Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. I, I guess the main thing I felt led to share with the church tonight is that God is going to help this election to pan out. I, I'm believing He's going to do it. I mean... Could George Pearsons be wrong? Could I be totally wrong? We're, we're men. We could miss it. Yeah, we, we could totally miss it. But to, to be honest with you, I'm giving you my best tonight so that there's at least some 
comfort in realizing that God is aware of what's going on and he can do and say something about it. And so I'm, I'm hoping and believing that that encouraging word was more than just an encouraging word. Um, I believe God is, he's not looking somewhere else, forgetting about America in this trying time right now. So Genesis 12 and verse 3. This, this is the, the beginning of Israel right here, right? Abraham, the first Jewish person. Um, it says here in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3, God said to Abraham, And I will bless them, Abraham, that bless you, and curse him that curses you, and in you shall all families of the earth be blessed. So you can see God's attitude here toward people that curse his people, want harm done to his chosen people. He says right here, it's, it's, it's not just going to happen without something coming back at you. I mean, that's, that's pretty strong language, and I know that's kind of intense, but it's, it's pretty strong language. Um, and I'm just going to say, because if there's some confusion in people's minds, well, why, why are you guys so adamant about Trump winning? And why, you know, why, why? Well, these are just a few reasons why. And this is why we believe we should be at comfort right now, because we're not the only ones a little agitated about um, cheating and deception and things that... I mean, there's things happened this election never happened before. Stop counting when, when one, one's winning. The Lord told us a long time ago that if people keep rolling stones and keep digging holes, the stone's going to come upon them and they're going to fall in their own hole. And I think sometimes that's what's happening. But um, I heard Donald Trump say just the other day, and I, um, I thought it was really good and really refreshing. I, I just, I don't understand why every Christian is not thanking God for Donald Trump. <laughs> I don't understand it, let alone s- smashing him with their words. And I don't understand why. It's like God's, God said, here's a man. He's a little rough around the edges, but he's tough. I'll be with them, and he's going to make amazing decisions. He's going to help Israel. He's going to help the church, and he's going to save a bunch of babies' lives. Let alone all the other things he's done for the economy and so on and so forth. But um, I heard him just, just yesterday, I think it was just yesterday, where Donald Trump, somebody said, So you're, you're the most, you're the greatest man in the world. You're the, did anybody hear that? Yes. You're the greatest man in the world. And Donald Trump goes, No, no, I'm, I'm not the greatest man in the world. Thank you, thank you, but I'm not the greatest man in the world. Quote, he said, the greatest man in the world is Jesus Christ. And then he looked up and said, not even close. <laughs> exact words. What do you do with that? Either you say you're a barefaced liar, you didn't mean what you said, judge the man's heart, which could get you in big trouble with God because judging is very, very evil. Or, he's just like all of us. Anybody got any rough edges? How many of you smooth as a diamond right now? How many of you just just have no problems in your life? Well, I didn't like the way he said that. Well, he saved babies' lives. 
I don't know, but personally, I look at the president as a general. He has to be tough against nations that don't like us. He has to be tough against things that are trying to hurt kids. He's got to be tough against crime. I don't want, hey, I'm the president. Praise the Lord. I love Jesus. I don't want you as president. What if some nation comes against us and says, hey, we're going to bomb you unless you give us $200 billion. President Trump would say, well, launch your bomb and we'll push a button and stop that bomb and push another button and wipe you out. <laughs> it's called peace through strength. Four years ago, blessed me when I heard President Trump say, it's time that our military does not have to go to the airplane graveyard, salvage parts and build their planes. He said, I'm going to get him new planes. And he said, I did. He got a whole fleet of them, man, since he's been in office. Jets that go six times faster than the fastest jet they had. And it's brand new. They didn't have to go to the airplane graveyard to get the parts. Stealth. I mean, all kinds of cool stuff. And he said four years ago, four and a half years ago, he said, the reason I want to build America's military so strong. He says, I want our military so strong that we never have to use it. Those are the words of a general. I pray for our president. He has received such onslaught from people who don't even know the truth. I mean, I had to even watch out about watching Fox News because I, I, don't, I don't like them going so overboard at times. So I'm thankful for Go Victory Network. <laughs> There's this other one, Diamond and Silk. Uh, they'll film some of Trump's rallies, and they're pretty cool too. Very, very Christian. But I just, I think, you know, I think the church needs to just stop watching junk. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think, I think the church just needs to say, you know what? A few more little vapors, and we're all out of here. I think I can stay away from some of this stuff and supporting some of this stuff. Um, and I'm not saying go crazy and never watch a movie or anything like that, but there, there's some things, you know, I just, I don't like watching certain stations ever again. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I, I, I just, and I don't, I don't know how long until they say we can't broadcast on YouTube or we can't broadcast, I mean, it's already being censored, people, stuff's already being taken down. I don't know how long until they start censoring certain things in the Bible they don't like and they'll just take that stuff down too. And I don't know where Mark Zuckerberg is or the guy for YouTube or all that, but I don't think they love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. I could be wrong, but it seems like they're taking down some stuff that um, they have a right to take down. It's their business, but it this doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right. And so, how y'all doing? Me too. Um, how about let's just go one more scripture. Turn to um, Ephesians 3. Ephesians chapter 3. So basically, those are the three main areas that I believe could, uh, could well be a part of why the Lord says, all right, all right, I'm, I'm not very happy with this, so we're going to have to do something about it. Um, because of the attitude of one party toward the unborn versus the other party for the unborn. 
the attitude of one party toward Israel and the enemies of Israel and the other's attitude for Israel and against the enemies of Israel. And the other part was President Trump has never... Um, he, he is more pro-church than any president in my lifetime that I know of. I mean, he is boldly pro-Christian. And the Bible talks a lot about, you know, respecting our elders and uh, honoring those. It doesn't mean that we don't question. It doesn't mean that we don't, you know, uh, scrutinize. I mean, even you should scrutinize everything I say and any, anything anybody says from a pulpit. You need to test all things, right? But when, when this many Christian leaders are sharing their thoughts and their heart toward who they felt should be president... We need to take heed to that. We need to take heed to that. Just simply out of respect and obedience. And then look for yourself. Of course, scrutinize, check it out and see it. But um, we, we're never supposed to just follow <laughs> polls, <laughs> statistics. You know, I mean, it, it, the poll thing is just so weird. I even heard Keith Moore talking about this earlier today. He says, you know, polls are so interesting. He says, he said, and we've known this, we've said this privately, but when it comes to polls, do you know that has a whole lot to do with who you're talking to when you're doing these polls? <laughs> I mean, if you're talking to this group of people, I'll tell you the outcome of that poll. Right? And it has a lot to do with the questions you're asking. It's like, it's like it, polls have a lot to do with the group of people you're talking to. <laughs> It could look like it's this. It's not that at all because you just got a certain group of people that believe like that. But anyway, Ephesians 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Did anybody... Um, you know, hey Hunter, if you can get that little video clip, I, you don't need to show any more scriptures. If you can get that video clip and still roll it. I know you said the audio wasn't real good. Is it possible if I give you two or three or four or five minutes, could you just find that little three-minute clip? Is he still back there? Yes, he can. So why don't you just give, give us a cue when you're ready to show that. And um, I just want you to see and hear for your, yourself what George Pearson said. So, and George Pearson's, like I said, he's married to Kenneth Copeland's daughter. And they passed her in Fort Worth, Texas. So we'll read Ephesians 3 some other time. <clears throat> but he's going to show this. Are you guys ready then? <clears throat> so as soon as you're ready, <clears throat> okay, we can wait for you. I got the red light again. I have a green light and a red light, so. See what you started, Carla? Oh, man. It's good, though. It's good. It's good. I remember one time talking to the Lord about some things in this area of what he, what, what's expressed in the Old Testament in this area of some, some interesting things happening. And he says, son, there is times you're going to have to believe for my intervention in an area in such a way that is not real fun or, you know, something that you just, he said, I remember, he said, there's a scripture, no, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment shall you condemn and I remember there's a scripture in Deuteronomy where it says, concerning people who are just bent on destruction, 
bent on abuse, bent on space to repent. They didn't care. Space to repent. They didn't care. They just kept messing up, messing up and messing up and messing up. I said, God, what about people like that? The righteous are being used like a punching bag. And these people are just punching and punching and doing this and doing that. He goes, there's a scripture in Deuteronomy that says, well, son, their foot will slide in due time. Their calamity will come upon them. And it won't be slow. It'll be quick. And I thought, okay, all right, all right, all right. So what I should do is I should pray for those people to be open to the mercy of God. And Lord, you'll know if they're not, and their foot will slide in due time. And I was thinking, I'm not used to believing for scriptures like that. I'm used to believing for other scriptures. But he says, at times, you need to realize and have a degree of faith that I will intervene if I have to, because there are some things where people go too far. The lady in the book of Revelation, it talks about the woman in the book of Revelation who was all involved with adulteries and fornications and all these things. And it said that the Lord gave her space to repent and she repented not of her fornications. And the Lord just cast her into a bed and said, if that's what you want, that's what you get. It's like we're talking book of Revelation, last book of the New Testament. And I thought, what was the problem there? Well, she refused to repent. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.